Welcome to the Find the Good Mamahood podcast. I'm Caitlin Carpio-Futchner, and I'm so excited to spend some time with you. This is a place where I talk with other mamas about their favorite tips, tricks, and resources, and also celebrate the joys of mamahood by sharing real stories and experiences. New moms, veteran moms, moms-to-be, this podcast is for you. I hope our honest chats about the highs and lows of mamahood help you find joy wherever you are in your journey. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to episode number 23. I'm so excited that you're here listening in. Thanks for joining us. Today, our podcast conversation is with my friend Rachel Johnson, and she's actually here in my living room with me. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Which you have no idea how exciting that is because I have been recording from my closet Um, for the majority of these episodes ever since I started um, the year after COVID I think so this is this is a whole new world and I really like it it's Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the way it should be done right (laughs) it's more fun nice to be Um, out in the open not in the closet like hiding (laughs) yeah actually seeing someone and not just a screen and this is actually only the second episode that I've ever recorded in person the first one was episode number one which I recorded with my mom and highly recommend that one. It was had a lot of great stuff in it. Um, but so yeah, this is kind of a special treat to be here in person and looking across the table. Uh, so thanks for joining me, Rachel. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited. Let's start out and hear about you and what you like to do for fun, what you do during the week, and about your family. Okay. Um, well, like Caitlin said, I'm Rachel Johnson. I'm 29 years old. I'm a physical therapist assistant, which I I love my job a lot. Right now, I'm currently on maternity leave because I just had a little baby boy, Milo Johnson. Um, He is he just turned eight weeks old, so he's about two months. Um, So little, such a tiny guy, but not so tiny. He's growing fast, but um, but yeah. So my husband and I are enjoying our time with him now. Um, Typically, we're like a pretty chill, like to spend time with family, like to play games and just hang out with friends. We're very laid back people. So I start back at work in September. So we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. I love my job, but it's Mm -hmm. been hard with this cute little baby. (laughs) Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Who's going to help with him? Um, Well, my husband has a very ambitious idea of (laughs) he works from home. And he wants to watch him at home while he, while he's kind of working. So I kind of am trying to nudge him in the direction of having at least once a day where we take him to a sitter, um, which would be a close friend of ours or family. And then um, maybe manipulating like his work hours. Because as long as he works an eight-hour day or a 40-hour week, week really, then um, he is good to go for work. So he might just work earlier or later hours to make up for the fact of when I'm at work to take care of the baby. Mm -hmm. That's the plan. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We know friends who've done that and you'll figure it out. (laughs) Exactly. It's hard to know until you're there. I'm sure. (laughs) Just like parenthood, just like pregnancy, just like everything in that realm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I'm very excited to, to start talking about IVF and can you just give us a quick intro to IVF, like what it stands for, what it is, just give us like IVF 101. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So IVF stands for in vitro fertilization 
And essentially, it's one of the many different ways that you can start your family if you're having trouble with conceiving, which my husband and I have. Um, So the route that we took was IVF, which is essentially when they will take um, an egg from the female and sperm from the male and in a lab petri dish whatever you want to call it they will um allow those two to meet and fertilize and then once that fertilized egg becomes a viable embryo they Mm. implant it back in your body and then it grows into a regular pregnancy god willing Mm. um you know that's not always a hundred percent it's it's a risk just like any of the other options but it for us was the best option to move forward with based off of our symptoms and what we were experiencing as far as infertility because infertility can be caused by so many different things and which is why there are so many different options for people so that was the best option for us that's what we took mm-hmm. and then how about you just tell us your story of, of your IVF journey and I have told the story a lot I'm pretty open about mm-hmm. my fertility journey because I think that's really important because mm-hmm. a lot of um, women or families like I I know when I was in the thick of it, I really struggled with feeling alone and not feeling like a lot of people were experiencing it. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't get comfort from others because I didn't understand fully. But, um, so I'm totally fine with talking about everything. My husband and I got married seven years ago and about a year after we were married, we decided we wanted to start a family. Um, going into marriage, I knew I had PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome it's actually really I don't want to say normal it's not I don't know if it's common but I know a lot of people who have it Mm -hmm. and it does impact your fertility as a woman so um, we had made the decision okay if we try to conceive and it's been a year then we'll Mm -hmm. go get further testing and see what happens Um, so it had been a year of active trying and I had not gotten pregnant at that point and so we decided to test both my husband and I for more symptoms or just see what else is going on and it turned out that there were things both on my side and my husband's side that were impacting us getting pregnant so we met with a what's called a reproductive endocrinologist um, a fertility specialist we went to shady grove which is one of the options in our area Um, and the doctor essentially said based off the results that we have for you guys um, the best option would be ivf Um, another common solution that people will utilize is IUI, which is intrauterine insemination, Mm. which is a little um, different in the fact that they'll take like a sample from the male and then they'll insert that into the woman um, and then let it do its own thing and try and get pregnant that way. But because of both of our symptoms, they didn't see that being a likely possibility that they would have to take it a step further and create the embryo. Um, So Justin and I kind of sat down and talked about it. And, you know, first of all, it's this big, expensive thing. Like, it's very... (laughs) We did not have the money for it at the time, let alone trying to make that big decision for your life. Mm. So we spent time saving money. We spent time um, kind of discussing it, praying over it. I was, like, asking so much for... Or I was asking my friends for prayer over it and trying to make that decision because it's it's big. You're trying to decide, do I adopt? Do I do mm-hmm. IVF? Can I, should I try IUI since a little, it's a little more cost effective or, you know, what, what are my best options here? Um, and ultimately 
we decided to move forward with IVF once we got to the point where we had enough money saved. And so... Um, and if you don't mind sharing, yeah. like, how many years was that of you guys saving and waiting? Um, I think it was like maybe two or three years total of saving. Um, mm. And I remember coming up with the money, I think it was 2021 is when we finally like had enough money. Once we had made the decision to move forward with IVF, mm-hmm. it was 2021, I think in the fall where we finally had met our goal. Um, and I, there's so many things that I could talk about because with Shady Grow Fertility, they do have a program where you um, pay one amount and you get up to six tries of IVF. And if you do not come home with the baby, you will get all your money back, which that's not offered at a lot of different fertility clinics. Mm. So we opted for that program because we knew we wanted to give it our best shot and we qualified for the program. So that was about $23,000. And that change has changed since they change the prices every year. So, so we, we know that now that we were glad to have taken that then because it's gotten more expensive, Mm. but, um, so you pay it all in full. They won't let you start treatment until you pay it all in full. Wow. Yeah. So we, we paid for all of that and then started the process. And it took us three full cycles. Or not full cycles, but three transfers, I should say. Um, so that's three of the six that you were allowed. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Because I am, what I see as a cycle is there's two parts of IVF. There's the egg retrieval process which is where they make you take medications as a woman um to try and grow as many follicles and produce as many eggs as you can possibly and then once you take those medications for about a month then they retrieve as many eggs as they can Mm. so they can try and create as many embryos so some women go through that process of retrieval and they don't have any eggs so then they go through it again so i think it's six of those okay Whereas I only went through one retrieval, and at the end of that, I had six um, embryos, six embryos that they could transfer Mm -hmm. um, and use. So I have used three of those embryos. So I don't know if I would have been able to keep going if none of them took. That's what I'm wondering now. Like, are you able to, like, if you wanted more children, can you go use those again? So the embryos that I have left over, I have three left over. Of the six total that I got at the beginning. I'm sorry if this is confusing. It's just, it's very complicated. It's a complex procedure. Um, There's a lot to it. But essentially at the end of my first cycle of IVF, I ended with six viable embryo. I used two and got pregnant, but unfortunately lost those pregnancies. And then the third embryo took... And mm. I maintained a healthy pregnancy, and now I have my sweet baby Milo. Um, so right. I have three more that are frozen with Shady Grow Fertility. And mm. I am definitely able to use those for future um, children. Mm. But I am out of the program, which is called a shared risk program. So I'm going to have to pay again for those. So typically, really? yes. So I, I think in October it starts where I have to start paying for them to store the eggs or the embryos. I'm not sure how much that's going to be. We'll find out. Um, And so those will be kept frozen for me at Shady Grove until Justin and I decide we want to move forward and use them again. Mm. Um, And then we will have to figure out, I don't know if they have a program 
since we already used the shared risk program and we graduated from it, I don't know if we can use that again or what, but I believe a single cycle of IVF is around 12 to 13,000. If we wanted Mm. to do one by one by one, it would be that each. Okay. So we'll see what it ends up being. That's crazy. It's like you're paying for someone to like house your baby for you, but it's your baby. mm -hmm. It is very, it is very strange. It's a strange world, this fertility business, but, but it let us have a child. Like ultimately we were able to have our son from it, which we're so grateful for. Um, Mm. but it, it is really crazy. And then some of the things you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And then the other things you're like, I guess they have to do that in order for yeah. it to be a business that continues to help people. And it's so hard when you think of medicine and business and put them together and mm-hmm. oh, it's crazy. But And like not just medicine, but like kind of help helping create life you know right no one else does that as right. part of their medical profession. right it's like putting a price on your children like people mm-hmm. are like oh my kid he's priceless and you're like, well actually my kid costs like thirty thousand dollars <laughs> and that, that's not even labor delivery costs oh my gosh yes i checked my insurance claims the other day for my labor and delivery i was like i'll just wait for that bill to come for me in the mail oh, <laughs> like i gosh. need to settle or sit with that for a second yeah but a lot of it it definitely is but but at least like part of the discussion for Justin and I of moving forward with IVF was like mm-hmm. we've known each other since we were really young like we've been together for 13 years since high school and mm-hmm. it's always that idea of like oh little Rachel's and little Justin's running around <laughs> like it'd be so cool to see like we've known each other since we were kids and then to have mm-hmm. our own kids and like see what they grow into and all of that like that was really important especially Justin was really wanting to have that and I I was too and so mm-hmm. I think that's why we moved forward with it but um or at least that's why I decided to and I know that that was big for him so it it's just it's all very interesting and very complex and very crazy but we're grateful that we were able to get to that point mm. And now that you're on the other side of it and you have a baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, a happy ending story, um, even though we'll get to it in a minute, but like you went through a lot of hard things to come to this place. Do you think you would try again for a baby naturally or through IVF again? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting because I would say like the journey to get pregnant was really hard and then pregnancy itself for me was pretty difficult because I I had really bad morning sickness the first half of it Mm -hmm. um and uh it it got really uncomfortable and you know pregnancy is not a walk in the park for everybody (laughs) and then my labor and delivery was so hard as well like I was in the hospital for a couple days and I pushed for four and a half hours like it was so long in the hospital um and so like right after of course like I'm sure most women I was like I don't know if I can do this again even when I was pregnant I told Justin I don't know if I could do this again I am miserable I'm crying every day I'm throwing up every day like Mm -hmm. I don't know like I got to experience it maybe I won't be greedy but then I think back to those three embryos that we have left and what that I want to use those And then I also think of, well, that's temporary compared to having like your child for life, you know? Um, 
And honestly, now that Milo's here, even though it's only been two months, I just told Justin this yesterday. Looking at him, I just want him to have siblings so bad. And I say, Justin, I don't know how you feel, but I think I definitely want to have another kid. You know, like I definitely want to go through this again and I would do it again. And as long as we had the money for it and try and have more kids. So I'm, mm-hmm. I am definitely open to going through it again. It just depends on the finances of it all and what we're able to mm. uh, manage, but I'm right. hopeful. I mean, God did it once he can do it again. So mm-hmm. I'm very hopeful that we'll get the opportunity to go through it again. Let's delve into the hard parts for a minute for you. What kind of toll did this take? Was it, some of it unexpected or expected? Um, What were some of the hardest losses that you faced? The whole journey itself was very difficult in so many different ways. Um, Of course, like mentally and emotionally at the beginning, like finding out that you will most likely not get pregnant by yourself at least. And thinking to myself, like, am I less of a woman because I can't get pregnant? Mm -hmm. Um, this is something that I've wanted for a while. Why is there something that's preventing me from happiness? I didn't necessarily think, what did I do? Cause I, I feel like I know pretty well that like my, with my relationship with God and my beliefs, like that I didn't feel like I was being punished or anything like that. I tried to think of it that way. Like, mm. like this is not a punishment. Sometimes it's hard. Cause sometimes your mind just goes there. Like you just have those moments. But I think my thing was like, I felt less of a woman at that point and and just really sad with just thinking my dream might not become a reality and so um that initial finding out that it would be difficult was very hard um and then realizing i'm gonna have to sacrifice a lot more than maybe some other people do or just in different ways in the sense that i really am gonna have to save a lot of money Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to be very um financially responsible and manage my time well in order to make this come true or give it the best shot that I have. So like finding out how much it was to put into the process of it all and discovering what we would do. And even like ethically, it was really hard. Like, why do IVF? Like, is that bad? Would God want me to do IVF? It was so hard for me to determine or make that decision. Yeah. Over my time praying, God led me to the decision of it's okay for you to do IVF. And I felt like he blessed that process for me. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that we were able to come up with the money for it yeah. in the way that we did, I think helped me feel like, okay, God is in this process and God is totally going to um, have my back, you know. <laughs> so uh, that was nice. That was helping me overcome that mental hurdle. And then, like, physically, once the process got started, it was kind of rough. Um, It's funny when I say it out loud. When you start IVF, at least for me, most women, not all, but most women, they start you on birth control, and um, (laughs) which sounds kind of ridiculous. You go on birth control to Mm -hmm. get pregnant. (laughs) But um, it's essentially just to monitor your cycle so they know exactly what's happening um, or they have better estimates of the timing of everything. 
but being on birth control drove me crazy. Like I felt insane. Like my mood swings were really terrible. (laughs) The hormones really messed with me. And then on top of that, you're injecting a lot of medications and taking a lot of pills. Most of it is injecting, Mm -hmm. but you're taking a lot of pills and injecting yourself with medications all the time. And so there were bruises, there was soreness, there was, Mm -hmm. but that I felt like I could handle a lot better than the whole mood swings and the, (laughs) and even the emotional side of it. Um, I know a lot of women who go through infertility have a hard time of, you know, showing up for their loved ones when they have kids and baby showers and birthday parties. I was glad that my experience for me personally did not stop me from enjoying my friend's happiness and my friend's experiences. Although I do feel like it's totally valid for women to feel that way. I completely understand if it's impossible to be happy for your friend, it's probably not good to show up for them and just be Mm. miserable. Um, But at the same time, I felt glad that I could enjoy moments with my friends and their kids. Um, Who knows if that would have lasted, if my journey would have kept going. (laughs) Mm. But over the six years or so that we had been trying to have a baby, I felt very lucky that I did not have... um, trouble with spending time with loved ones because I already felt alone in going through infertility if Mm -hmm. I would have isolated myself more and not allowed myself to go out and see Mm -hmm. my people and like love on their kids I think it would have been worse for me personally but I know that's not everyone's experience which I can totally understand Mm -hmm. um but so all in all there were definitely a lot of lows in that process and a lot of um reaching out to God in prayer and saying, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can do this. This is really hard. Mm -hmm. I feel like a crazy person or I've injected this many medications (laughs) in me today and I just don't think I could do it again, God. Like I really need, I really need some strength in this. And, um, Mm -hmm. but ultimately was able to overcome those things, which is nice. It was hard, but it was good to have something to lean on. Plus, also, my husband is very supportive, and mm-hmm. having him as my person was very helpful because he's very level-headed, and he doesn't fall <laughs> into my emotions with me. He helps stand me up and says, you know, you're allowed to feel how you feel, but look at it this way, and I think that we really have a blessing in this, or I really think that this is to our benefit. Like, he was really good at keeping me positive when I would go down that dark road of, feeling like, oh no, hope is lost. He'd be like, well, it's not actually. We've got this, this, and this going our way. So that's also something that was super helpful to me. So you talked a little bit about the physical toll and the emotional toll. Um, And then you want to talk about the actual losses of your... Oh, yeah. The first cycle that we had... You know, they tell you it's not 100% that you will get pregnant. This is a chance. It increases your chances from naturally trying, but Mm. um, it's still just a chance. And so we went through the retrieval. They transferred an embryo into my body, and they make you wait um, two weeks before they do a blood test to see if you're pregnant. So, of course, like, I'm freaking out I'm during those two weeks it's it's like here you might be pregnant but also we won't know until two weeks from now so just hold on tight and just wait Mm -hmm. and so you're just thinking oh my gosh I have to wait two weeks um and a lot of women in the fertility 
community will say that they're um, P-U-P-O or PUPO, like pregnant until proven otherwise, once they have their transfer. (laughs) So that's how I was thinking of it. It's like, I'm pregnant. There is a baby inside of me until they prove me otherwise. And they tell you not to take home pregnancy tests. But I was like, after like maybe four days, I just kept taking them because I was like, I need to see right now. Um, And luckily that first time we... I got positives on my home pregnancy test for the first time ever I saw mm-hmm. that extra line and I was thrilled and I was like, Justin, I think it's really happening. Um, mm-hmm. I went in for the blood test. Blood test was positive. They make you do two or three in a row, depending on your numbers. I did three. My numbers kept doubling and going up. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. I've never been pregnant. This is happening. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. But I started to come down with physical symptoms of miscarriage that I was concerned about and I got scared and talked to my nurse about it and she kind of said this can be normal with pregnancy don't worry about it until we do a six-week ultrasound at that point I was like four weeks so it was another like two-week wait so I'm waiting and waiting and my physical symptoms don't go away and I just know deep in my gut that like this wasn't supposed to be this is not a normal pregnancy. I had a feeling like something was wrong. Um, and so they had me come in for an ultrasound and found out that the baby was no longer growing. And that was super emotional, very Mm. sad and very, um, I don't even know if I have a right word for that either. Like just, just deeply sad because, Mm. I finally got the chance to carry a baby in my body and I was so excited that, oh my gosh, it worked on the first try. And then to go in and to see that what I had felt Mm. was happening, was happening. It was very difficult. Um, Even though I kind of prepared myself for it, knowing ahead of time that like my symptoms were showing that it probably wasn't working. Um, That was very hard. And then having to decide with Justin, do we try again? At what point do we try again? Like, how do we feel about all this? We decided kind of right away, we wanted to go into another cycle, which maybe wasn't the right decision to just go straight back into it. I just felt like I wanted to go ahead for another chance and Justin essentially supported whatever decision I made. So we went right back into it right after our cycle ended and we were able to start and I got pregnant again. And I was like, wow, this is really happening. I wasn't having any of the bad symptoms that I had the first time. So it was feeling more of a reality that, oh my gosh, I think this is gonna work. I really am gonna be pregnant. Mm. We're gonna have our family. This is so exciting. And it was kind of the same thing where um, I did the blood tests, my numbers came out great. And when I went in for my six-week ultrasound I think it was what it was six-week ultrasound um there was a baby on the screen but the heartbeat was super slow and at the time this was when uh, that one strain of COVID was like super rampant it was around like that Christmas holiday season so Justin couldn't be there with me he he drove me and he stayed in the car but like he couldn't be in the be in the room with me and so I was FaceTiming the whole thing and I still like I have a recording of it and I still like have that moment where you could see that Mm. um Justin's face kind of drops and my face is not on the screen but I my emotions are kind of lowered where the doctor says um the heartbeat is not really where we want it to be right um 
we want you to come back in a week and we're going to check again and see if anything's changed. So went back the next week, found out it was another miscarriage and Mm. um, had to kind of mourn that loss. And from there made the decision, let's take a break for our mental health, for Mm -hmm. our emotional well-being, give ourselves time to process the grief. We hadn't told our families about what was happening. Oh, wow. Because we wanted to be able to surprise them with, oh, we're getting pregnant, or we're pregnant, we have a baby, without having to say, oh, we're trying to get pregnant right now. So we didn't tell them we had started IVF. They only knew that we would do Mm. IVF eventually. Oh, wow. So I think I had to tell people that I loved that, hey, this is what's happening right now. This is what has happened there were babies, there are no longer babies. And that was really helpful to process by grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we took a few months to kind of um, go through that and, and grieve how we needed to grieve. And then I think it was maybe like six months later, we decided to go ahead and get started again. And at the time, I had told the doctor, is there any chance that I should just transfer two and see if I just get pregnant? Because that's an option that people will do is they'll transfer two embryos, which, of course, increases your risk of having twins. But (laughs) I was like, well, at least maybe one will stick and then we'll be able to finish the pregnancy and I'll be able to have a baby. But the doctor kind of explained to me, you know, we do that for people who don't get pregnant um, but you get pregnant every time. Yeah. So that would only give you a high risk pregnancy because it would give you like a twin pregnancy essentially. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so I, I was like, okay, well, if we get down to just the final two and we haven't had the baby yet, that's the plan. And she was like, okay. But so since we had the four left, she was like, just transfer one and see how it goes. That third embryo, it stuck. My ultrasounds went super well. My numbers went mm. super well. And when they told us that we could see a regular OB at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, we graduated. This is it. This is the moment. Okay. I think things are going to be okay. But even the first half of pregnancy, it was hard to get excited because of the two losses before. So that, Mm. like I felt robbed of joy at the beginning, which was also part of the little miserable moments of pregnancy where it's like I I'm I'm miserable because I'm sick but I'm a little happy because that tells me that I'm still pregnant but it's so hard to get excited or to even think about telling people or telling our families because I don't want anyone to have to hear again but we lost it you know so that was really difficult at the beginning but eventually we got to the point where we saw the baby on an ultrasound. We saw, we heard the heartbeat at, I think it was 12 weeks is when we finally went to the OB because it had taken a while. And, and then I was able to start to be happy again, which was nice because mm. it was very scary at the beginning, even though things were going well, just, I didn't want history to repeat itself. And history had shown me that losses do happen. So right. that was tough. Wow. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said before, if I had known someone who had experienced it and was able to, like, share wisdom with me or share their experience with me, it would have been, it would have been nice. Like, it would have been great to have that. And so mm-hmm. I always try and be open to sharing so people can understand what other people experience, but also so 
if anyone else goes through it, that they feel they're not alone and there's comfort that they know somebody who has also experienced this really hard thing. Mm-hmm. When during the processes, were you able to find like support groups online or in person with like Shady Grove or just random online places? Um, I would say that I was looking deeply for it. So I went to YouTube and they're like YouTube couples that have experienced it and they document their journeys online. And that was helpful because then I got to hear familiar language of like transfer and IVF or fertility doctor or mm-hmm. um, my like beta results and all this stuff, like all that language that I felt like was part of my life, but not everyone's was nice <laughs> to be. It was, it was like normal to hear. So it was really cool to go to YouTube and see people do that. Um, but I did like yearn for more local or more um, realistic or different kinds of relationships where I actually felt I could talk to the people. So I did go on Facebook and search for um, support groups. Shady Grow Fertility has a support group. Um, and then there's one for just like in general people going through infertility I joined like a handful I would say I think I stick to one or two still now that I'm still a part of and will reach out to or I will comment on to support others Mm -hmm. but that was super nice because it's people who are experiencing the same kind of protocols as you the same um Shady Grove is pretty local to this area they have different locations but a lot of people are around this area so You'll even have people say, you know, like, I have left over this from my protocol if anyone wants to come wow. pick it up. You know, like, it's really nice. Yeah. So, or this, these um, <laughs> shelves that I used to organize my medications worked really well for me. I don't need them anymore. Here, try this. You know, like, it was really nice to um, connect with people on there and be able to feel like we mm. were a little bit more close-knit in that. So, yeah. Um, that was super helpful for me, I would say. And did you meet up with anybody in person or no? Um, no. I did. I I think because most of my journey was over the height of COVID, yeah. I didn't get a chance to meet with people in person. Um, there wasn't, like, any one particular person I was super close with, but it was just nice, like, if ever I had... It didn't even have to be a question. If I was just emotional or feeling like, oh, this is so hard, I would just post about that on the Facebook profiles and people would just flood the comments of, I'm experiencing the exact same thing or yeah, like, yeah. Uh, my transfer date is the same as yours. Like, let we're going through this together. And so that was enough for me, especially in the height of everything, to have that online support um, mm-hmm. from them. It would have been nice, too. I did... I have met someone since through work who was going through the same thing. Oh, wow. And I was able to tell her, like, oh, my gosh, you have to join this Facebook group. Um, <laughs> I'm going through this, and I totally understand which doctor do you have. We were going to the same clinic. Like, it was... That was really cool, I will say. Mm-hmm. That wasn't, like, an intentional we're meeting because we share the same same journey. But I had met her and figured out she had the same journey. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, let me tell you my experience... If it's helpful for you to hear, some people, you know, that's overwhelming or too much. But if it's helpful for you to hear, and for her it was, and so it was nice to discuss those things with her. So yeah. it was cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I know, I heard, I saw <laughs> that yesterday was National Rainbow Baby Day. And maybe there's multiple similar, you know, 
awareness days or months yeah. or something like that. But um, yeah, do you do you think you'll you know always take that day or time or whatever to to think about your babies that you weren't able to meet or you know tell others about it or tell Milo about it or have you thought about that? Mm-hmm. I think that having the losses be part of our journey and just like infertility itself be part of our journey there's a lot of reminders like you said like a lot of I think there's like infertility awareness week that might be in April I'm not 100% sure um and like you said like rainbow baby and and all these things um so I think just being around that culture and like hearing that often will make me like reflect on um our own journey um, and I've thought since having Milo about how unfair it can seem that he got to be here and not the other two. And, like, I've had those feelings of, like, I wish I could have met the other two babies. But maybe it's easier this way, obviously. But I it, I've definitely – you go through those emotions as I've become a mother. For me, I, I went through those emotions as I was becoming mm-hmm. – a mom to a baby and as I was able to go through my pregnancy and see my body change where with the other ones it was it they didn't progress far enough for, for me to see my body change like each kind of new development for me was a reminder of um how the previous pregnancies had gone and mm. I think that I will eventually, yes, tell Milo about our journey and our process. And I have heard, I haven't looked at it myself or haven't looked into it myself, but I've had um, a couple friends tell me that there are books like for kids where you can explain like miscarriage or you can kind of tell them that they have a brother or sister in heaven kind of a thing. And um, maybe I'll look into one of those too to kind of help him understand as much as he can eventually that the process of that um but i do want to want to remember mm-hmm. the two lives that i had so that's my intent mm. that's so cool and you were able to to celebrate rainbow not i don't know if you celebrated but you were able to observe get, get yeah. to a rainbow baby day with your baby yeah this year. That's yeah wonderful congratulations yeah thanks <laughs> it's so bizarre because even like while I was pregnant I kept thinking to myself I, I would have moments of I can't believe I have a baby in my belly like I can't believe that <laughs> I never thought yeah. there were moments where I just thought I might never carry a child and mm. yet here I am and yep. I have a baby and he's kicking me and he's making me sick and and as much of a pain as that can seem how happy I am that I feel like God answered my prayers in those moments and mm-hmm. I was able to be grateful for um, becoming a mom and pregnancy and everything so it, it is surreal at moments <laughs> just the whole thing how would you suggest outsiders to IVF experiences um, come alongside people going through this and help them like you know what's helpful what's not helpful um, while while women and their partners are in such a vulnerable time and it can take so long and it can be so hard to understand you know mm-hmm. like it, like you were saying it's like a science experiment like it's this, <laughs> this whole other world that that you don't really get unless you're in it and um and and so how do you how would you 
what's helpful? <laughs> yeah. I, um, I always find it hard to answer that question because people are so different in what they want and what they need. Um, I just feel like for me, what was helpful in the whole process was like asking for prayer and just letting other people know what was going on. Because like I said, I hadn't told my family, I had told, um, you know, like church friends, um, because I felt it was very important to have people praying for us. And, um, that like for me, that was the biggest comfort knowing that God was hearing what was going on and that he knew and, and that I felt comforted by that. I had multiple different experiences in support. Like I had a friend who raised a little bit of money to help Justin and I meet our goal, which was amazing, but not feasible for everybody. I'm not saying go give your friend money. I'm not saying that at all, but that was something that happened for us. That was super helpful. Um, and on top of that, not only giving money, but like cards and just like a bunch of words of encouragement to Justin and I of, you know, we're with you. We know that this is hard. Um, some people saying like, we know this is a process we can't understand, but as much as you want us to be a part of it, let us support you. Like that hearing that for me was very helpful in that people are acknowledging that they, they know they can't fully understand but they want to understand as much as they can and they want to like be there as much as they can to help out my husband and I emotionally, financially, you know, what have you. And for us, that was really great to hear that people wanted to stand by us and, and support us with whatever way they could. So like cards, words, prayer, all of that was really helpful for me. Is there anything not helpful as well to keep in um, mind? That's a great question. Like I said, that's I feel like that's of course different for everybody. I'm a pretty laid back person. I can't think of any time that anyone spoke to me or offered advice or anything. Oh, you know what? Actually, I can't. <laughs> I feel like well, it's the common things that people will say and you hear about it on social media all the time, but like when people say, "Oh, just relax, it'll happen" or um when people offer words of like, you're doing it wrong, or you you just aren't trying the right way, or take a vacation and then it'll happen. Like as if it's a, it's an easy fix. Like, yeah. like you guys are doing something wrong. No wonder you guys aren't getting pregnant. Like that part of the process anyway. Yeah. That was frustrating to hear from people. And you kind of just, and since, you know, I'm in physical therapy, I work with people all day. Like, I know people are people and just take anything and however you want and go about your day. And so having to hear things like that, or I would express to people that I wanted to have a family and people would say, you have plenty of time. And I would just be like, well, actually I've been trying for like the past three years or the past four or five years. And I don't know how much time I'm going to have, you know, and especially if I want a big family, I you know it took me six years to get to this one baby. Who knows how many more years I'll have, and I would love to have him have siblings. So, you know, mm. so those things I feel like aren't helpful. But I have to think to myself, people are just saying that to try and be encouraging, and that's what they think is encouraging. So, like, I go back to, okay, that's their intent. I have to take what they intended as opposed to what they actually said. So what did you find helpful at any point in your journey, you know, as you were investigating, as you were having the treatment happen, um, now that you're postpartum now that you actually have a baby you know 
What did you find helpful, the resources that you found? I would say, well, something that like gave me a little bit of hope while I was hoping to save for the process, I would say there are different grants that you can apply for. I never, spoiler alert, I never got any of these grants, (laughs) but (laughs) for people who are feeling like it's impossible or feeling like that is a financial goal that is just unobtainable, Mm. there are grants out there. I believe I applied for Gift for Parenthood. I think Hope for Fertility is one. When I was looking up this morning at different grants, there was one called, I think, Starfish Fertility or something along those lines that also offered financial support. So there are different resources online that you can look for to try and um, write to companies and kind of like when you were in college looking for scholarships, like that kind of a thing. You, You write out your story, you fill out paperwork or whatever to try and get some financial aid. Um... And so there are people who, who are able to pay for their treatments that way. So I would encourage people to look that up if they're going to IVF. Also, I had debated and kind of done a little bit of research on different clinics. Um, this is, of course, all the financial aspect of IVF. But there is a clinic in New York that does discounted cycles. I think it's like 5000 for an IVF cycle, whereas opposed to, like I said before, it's like 12000 or so with um, Shady Grove. So I had considered traveling to a different state to do my IVF and seeing if that would pay off in the long run to do for, for my husband and I financially, if that would make more sense. Some people travel to like Barbados, like people will travel out of the country or to different locations, wherever to try and make it work financially and for it to make the most sense for them and their family. So I would say if like a financial burden is the biggest thing for me, my solution was prayer (laughs) and then um, looking into different programs and seeing if you can get any financial aid anywhere. Cause like I said, they want you to pay this service in full. And for a lot of people that just can't happen with their lifestyle and their jobs and everything. Does Shady Grove offer like, helpful web resources on their website like I don't know videos web pages things like that yeah um so Shady Grove does have on their website I believe a lot of different informative um videos or or just like different resources to look up more about their processes (laughs) she just wants to be part of it (laughs) and then on top of that financially anyway when you first meet with the doctor and, and decide to move forward with a line of treatment they have a financial advisor contact you and tell you what your options are tell you what programs they have and um if you have questions um about even like taking out a loan which people will do um they have resources on that too i believe so they try and be as helpful as they can to get you to meet your goals at least that was our experience that's good yeah i mean even kind of like you were saying resources for even now postpartum, there there's another Facebook group I'm a part of. I think it's called Shady Grow Fertility Pregnancy and Beyond. So that way the pregnancy posts don't get mixed up with the people going through the fertility journey part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm part of that. And so it's cool to be with those women and talk about feelings of even guilt now, like where I get upset mm-hmm. with maybe something that's not working like breastfeeding or and I get um, frustrated and then I feel guilty because, oh, I've gone through this long journey and I should be grateful for every single moment like these moments that's right (laughs) I should be grateful for every single moment 
And so then I can go to that Facebook page and just kind of lay out my feelings there. And so many moms will contribute and say, yes, that's exactly what I'm experiencing. And you're not alone and it's okay to feel guilty for this or not to feel guilty, to feel sad about this. Even though we went through this journey, you're still a mom and all these things. So that was helpful for me to get support from people who are moms now who went through the same kind of journey. Were there any helpful products? Like, I don't know if there's specific, you know, I don't know, you're sticking yourself with needles all the time Um, and having weird side effects. Was there anything that helped in that? I know, like, some women talk about different, like, auto-injectors, which I'm not 100% sure exactly how that differs or how that helps necessarily. Um, Because I didn't use anything different than what they supplied me. Mm. Um, And medication was a different cost from the overall IVF cost. So the $23,000 I paid for the program was separate of the, like, five to 8000 I paid for medications, too. So I was trying to not pay for more than I had to. Um, but I mean, I, I just did everything standard. I, I would, again, like YouTube people who had gone through it and say, oh yeah, I used an ice pack right before this and that really helped before I did a shot or you use a heating pad before and that really helped for this shot or whatever. And so like, I would take stuff like that, but it was nothing crazy. Maybe you can share those uh, YouTube, your favorite YouTubers with me. Um, well, it's kind of crazy because there's this couple named Rochelle and Justin, where I'm <laughs> Rachel and Justin, and they kind of were experiencing the same. Well, I think they're mostly male factor infertility, oh, but okay. um, which we also have male factor infertility as well, but I don't think that she has PCOS, but I had seen their videos And then there was another couple, I think Alex and Phil, I think is their names. Mm. Um, But yes, just watching them go through their separate journeys and how how they navigated everything was helpful for me. Yeah, that's really cool. And I feel like that probably is the easiest format, right? Like for videos, because you can see their faces and hear their emotion and like maybe they can even show you things and rather than... You know, maybe just a podcast or just an article. I feel like it's helpful to get the full experience. Yeah, there's always pros and cons because, like, the pros to the YouTube videos is you get to see the people experience it. Mm-hmm. You get to see their emotion. You get to see their doctor's appointments. Sometimes they'll bring you along. But wow. you can't interact with them as much as you want to. Like, you can't ask questions that will be answered, that you know will be answered or anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, a Facebook post, you don't get that experience of seeing those people face to face but you do get to have that feedback which is nice you get to have an answer to a question you get to have commentary on what your commentary is so it's there's pros and cons to different avenues i it's just so much to talk about (laughs) yeah there is right there could probably be a whole series on this because there was just so much that happened and so much time um but you know it it stands out to me what stands out to me is how brave and how strong you were and I know the Lord helped you be brave and strong um, but that that took a lot of resolve (laughs) and a lot of strength as a mom you know motherhood brings out so much strength in us I think sometimes that we don't even see and that's that's kind of cool too like I know I I wouldn't have grown in in certain ways if I hadn't gone through the certain things that my kids and my pregnancies brought me and I'm so grateful for it um, and it, I think you've been tested to see how, how much you can endure. 
Right. <laughs> Even before you start the pregnancy process yeah. of like a healthy pregnancy. And that that's a lot. And I'm sure there's, that's a kind of like a long distance race, right? You have to kind of recover oh, yeah. from all that and, and it takes a, a different kind of toll. But it also shows how how much you can endure and how much your body was able to do and and uh, with with help of all these doctors and things and that's amazing to see your strength of mind and spirit and body through it all it's definitely something where I feel that I can see how God has put me exactly in this moment and exactly in this place Mm. and time for this to be a possibility for Justin and I Mm -hmm. to experience parenthood and and it's just I feel like even though this is a very almost like scientific process, I mean, it is a scientific process, like science and medicine has led to this point. Like it has just grown my faith in the Lord so much more because of how everything has gone throughout this journey. So it's been really cool to see him show up in, in different ways in different times. Were there any favorite verses that helped you get through? Um, there were a couple Through God, all things are possible, of course. But I remember being really frightened and being really upset going through the second time, I think, of experiencing pregnancy and being scared. And I had a really good friend call me and kind of just, like, say over me, like, um, to be comforted by God's peace and that God is the, like, Prince of Peace. And it just, it's his peace surpasses all understanding that one and then another one for me because it was really cool for me to relate to rachel in the bible who also has struggles to have children and then there's this really cool little verse where i think it's genesis 30 22 and it's um like and then god remembered rachel and he Mm -hmm. opened her womb and she conceived and I kept saying, like, God wanted me to read that verse. Like, God is going to make it happen for me. And I believe that it's not that, obviously, there are so many Rachels in the world. It's it's not like <laughs> every, every Rachel. Rachel can, like, relate to that. But for me, it was just kind of like, I think God, God would read that and find comfort and encouragement in that. So that was a verse that I would just pray over and, like, think to myself all the time. Like, God, remember me. Please open my womb. Like, that kind of a thing. And that was a big verse that I held on to, for sure. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's really neat. It was really, really cool to like just be able to have that to cling on to. I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I do I do really pray and hope that this reaches people who feel alone and who who need to feel that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And this may not be how it turns out for them, but there are other people who are out there ready to support you. It sounds like such a beautiful community out there. Um, and there is a possibility that you can get pregnant and, um, and there's hope along the way if, if you turn to God that he's, he's waiting to walk you through this process and any kind of hard thing that we go through. That's the amazing thing about getting to know the God of the Bible more and more. So I hope if you're listening, this brings you encouragement. I hope even if you can't relate to this journey, if this hasn't been your struggle, we can all learn from this story and from our friends' experiences and hopefully become better friends and neighbors and family members in the future and get a little peek of what's going on inside their hearts and their calendars and all the crazy stuff that happens along this journey. So thank you for coming on and sharing with me. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to offer my 
Instagram is public, I'm pretty sure. It's R-A-L-Z-A Johnson. Ralza Johnson is my Instagram. Um, And I have an individual highlight of me going over my IVF journey. Like this podcast, like how I am now, I do ramble, so I apologize. But (laughs) because it is a long highlight, but I do have um, a highlight on my page where I kind of go more in depth of my personal journey of IVF. If anyone finds that helpful too, or just to reach out to send a message or anything like that if that's helpful for you because I always am willing to offer encouragement to people going through that experience. That's so awesome. I remember seeing your videos. Thank you for sharing those. Yes. Thanks for having me on, Caitlin, because I think it's important to talk about these things. And I love that you have a podcast for moms. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're in this together, mamas. That's right. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening as always. Your time is precious and you are a precious person in this world and you have an amazing job. Go have a great day with your kids. 